Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Three Northern Makers podcast. I'm Steve from Steve Bell Creates, and I'm joined by the very handsome Andy from Potato Woodworks and the fabulous Pierre, who is the Swedish maker. So, on with the show. Welcome to our first ever podcast of the Three Northern Makers. How are you doing, guys? Very good. Very excited for our first episode. Yeah. What about yeah, you, me Pierre? too. Super excited. Yeah. Are you nervous? Slightly nervous? Yeah, I mean it's it's a bit strange to me since I've never never recorded a podcast. Uh, I'm very very used to like remote calls lately since Corona, but yeah. never never in this setup and having it recorded. Okay, I must explain to our listeners that this is the this is only the third time we have ever had a conversation with the three of us. But it feels like we've been we've been friends for a long time, doesn't it? Yeah, we, we've sent text messages and uh, followed each other on Instagram and YouTube. But this is the first, this is only the third time we've ever actually talked together. True. Exactly. I was yeah. I was thinking about that today as well. Like from the first conversation that I had with Steve till now, that was like two weeks maybe or something. And now we're here and yeah. uh, recording our first episode. Yeah, it's cool. Very good. So because we don't um, know each other that well, and our listeners don't know us, I uh, should explain that uh, I'm in England, in the UK, in uh, North Yorkshire. Andy, you are in, in Sweden. Sweden. In Stockholm. Yeah. And Pierre? Uh, I'm in, uh, in Sweden as well, uh, but I'm in our summer house at the moment, which is about an hour north of Gothenburg. Okay. So, you, so the, both of you are on different sides of Sweden. Exactly. Yeah, and you guys have never met before either. No. (laughs) (laughs) So this is a truly international European podcast. Yeah, exactly. And maybe I have to add that I'm originally from Switzerland, so I'm not. uh, I mean, I'm Swedish now, but uh, I'm originally not (laughs) Swedish. (laughs) It, It just makes it even better. Yeah, three different nationalities, two countries, and here we are. Okay, so because we don't uh, know each other that well, and our listeners really don't know us, unless they follow us on Instagram or watch uh, yourselves on YouTube, I've devised a little quiz. So um, just, it's a, it's a fun quiz. We'll, we can all join in and answer the questions together. So does that sound okay? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so uh, since you both live in Sweden, the obvious first question is... It's big, it's blue and yellow. It is IKEA. <laughs> do you say IKEA or do you say something else? Yeah, we say IKEA. Um, yeah, because some people say IKEA, but uh, it's always yeah. IKEA in this country. Yeah. So, so, do you go? Do you go to IKEA? Do you buy stuff from IKEA? Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, what about you, Andy? Do you go there? Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely a lot of IKEA furniture uh, at yeah. home. <laughs> yeah. Also, also back in Switzerland, it's 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 huge. Like for like everyday purchase of of furniture, we we go to IKEA. Yeah. And obviously, since it's Swedish, it's very popular uh, here as well, uh, and especially Ingvar Kamprad, who who started the company. There are so many stories about that man. Uh, oh, I've, I've never heard those. No, no. Uh, some of them are funny, and uh, but most of them uh, are around his passion for IKEA, really. Yeah. 
like yeah. like going spending his vacation on a dock in in Germany seeing how they unload the the boxes <laughs> from IKEA and and thinking about how he can make that better okay well he's very yeah, very, very passionate for for his own company yeah 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 my, my nearest IKEA is 40 miles away it's uh, in Gateshead, which is just near Newcastle. And uh, the road there is, to get there, the road is useless. It's always a traffic jam or something. So I don't, I don't go that often. But I'm sat talking to you, looking at some IKEA furniture. So. <laughs> and do you do the same thing? You get the little yellow bag when you go in, and you, you think, oh, I'm going to go and buy a set of drawers or a bookcase, and you get the little yellow bag. And you walk around IKEA, and the little yellow bag is full of vases, candles, things that you didn't really want that comes to about a hundred pounds when you get to the checkout. Yes, I think that's the perfect strategy they have. That they hand yeah. you, like personally hand you a, a yellow bag when you enter yeah. IKEA and you yeah. walk around. <laughs> yeah. And um we always have to have the meatballs. Every time the we Swedish go. Swedish meatballs. Swedish meatballs, yeah. You've got to have the Swedish meatballs with that. Uh, is it loganberry sauce and uh, some sort of creamy stuff on it? Or lingonberry, I think it is. Yeah, li- yeah lingonberry. lingonberry. Not a lot yeah. of people outside of Sweden know about lingonberry. Right, okay. Are you a lingonberry expert then, Pierre? No, I'm not. No. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you like it? Yes, I like it. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. The, the meatballs are not the same without the lingonberry stuff. So what about the quality of the furniture from IKEA? What do you think about it? Um... I think some of it is good, and some of it seems to just fall apart. I think it's... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah d- don't disassemble it. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Keep it mounted yes, as long yes. as you need it. Yes, if, if you're going to move house, you can't take a bookcase, a Billy bookcase apart, can you, and put it back together? <laughs> so. No, but that, like I had, a, I had a desk back in the days, like an office desk, and that I kind of moved five times or even even more and that's right that was super solid like yeah. very good build quality and that yeah. that i could really recommend to for yeah. for people to to get it and it's like very very sturdy and uh, okay proper build so that's one annoying thing when you're in woodworking uh that they can manufacture quite good furniture sometimes not all of it of course but sometimes it's just uh, it's just good quality at a, such a low price you cannot compete with that. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. You, you you couldn't make it. Well, we couldn't make it for you know. We'd have to pay three or four times the price in wood to make something that you can buy there. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's very frustrating if you have people reaching out to you like, can you can you make me uh, like a box or a shelf or something? And it's yeah. like, yeah, of course, and it will cost you that much. And then you hear like, but why? <laughs> uh, and, and IKEA furniture costs me uh, like uh, ten times less than what you what you want to charge. So why why do you overcharge? How do you how do you answer that question, Pierre? Uh, I would say, well, I'm making it out of solid birch, and then they would say, so does IKEA. <laughs> <laughs> And then I would say, well, I spend a lot more hours making it, and uh, there's much more passion. And you, there's only one of my shelf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. You can you can make the shelf to a specific size, uh, out of a specific wood, and uh, so it fits the space perfectly well. And yeah. if and if they're not happy, just say, well, go and buy an IKEA one. 
exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that was our first question. You've got the idea now of the of the type of question we're going to be asking. Yeah, I was a bit nervous about the quiz, to be honest. Okay, but now, well, I, now I feel loose. <laughs> okay, well, we see. Good old IKEA has loosened you up. Right? Okay, so the next one, next question. Um, what is your favorite tool in your workshop? I'll, shall I start and answer mine? I'll go Alan to mine, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, I was thinking hard about this because there's so many tools that I really love in my workshop. But um, the one thing I use all the time is um, I got, uh, was it last Christmas? Or the Christmas, uh, not last Christmas, the Christmas before. I got a, uh, a woodpecker's ruler. It's a 600 millimeter ruler. And it is so, it's nice and heavy. It feels lovely in your hand. And I, I use it all the time to measure stuff out, you know. And I think that is, everything I make, I tend to use that ruler with. So I really like that ruler. So I think that's my favorite too. Cool. Do you have the, the small piece at the end so they can hook it onto a board? Uh, no, no, I don't have that one. No, no. But it's got um, one side is just zero to 600 millimeters. And the other side of the, it has zero in the middle of the ruler. And then it goes out either side. So if you put that on the center line of things, you can measure out either side of something. So that's quite handy. Yeah. So I really like that one. Yeah, I have the same one actually. Or yeah. mine is even 900, I think. So that's oh, it's super, super handy. Trust you to have a bigger one. <laughs> now I, had, I have to get one. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> good luck getting any yeah, woodpecker the, tools in, in Europe right now. Yes. For, for, um, over, for over half a year, they're all sold out. And you yeah. Uh, the, the place that I. Uh, where my wife bought mine from, they don't have any in stock at all, any woodpecker's tools. And they say, you know, because of the pandemic or whatever, mm -hmm. you can't get them for love and money. Yeah. So if any of you want to sell yours to me, uh, <laughs> we can talk about the price after the podcast. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. very expensive. It's going to be very, very expensive. Yes. yes. No. <laughs> no, what I've seen like in, in multiple like online stores where they say like, there is nothing to expect before the end of the year. Yes, yeah. from woodpeckers yeah. at all in yeah. in Europe, and it's very frustrating because on Instagram, if you follow them or if you follow some uh, American woodworkers, they are able to buy them, and they they are advertising like new tools that they're that they're uh, that they're selling, and that's yes, it gets very frustrating to to yeah. see all those posts, and you you cannot get your hands on. Yeah, these these guys have walls full of red tools, don't they? Woodpecker tools. And they're so expensive. I think they must be cheaper in America than they are in Europe because you, you couldn't th – that wall must be like a couple of thousand pounds worth of tools. Mm. But the question is, is it only a hype or is it, yes. is it worth the money actually? Yeah. What do you think, Steve, on, because you're having one? Yes. Well, uh, st strangely enough, I wanted, I've got a, a woodpecker square as well. And, um, but it's a, it's a sort of, a, you know, like a, a triangle square. With a little, uh, like a sort of uh, framing square, it's called in the UK. I have one of those, which is woodpeckers. And um, I wanted a, a normal square, like a woodworking square. And obviously, I couldn't buy one. So I bought another one, which cost quite a bit of money. And uh, the quality is just not there. It just, it just feels so light in your hand. Whereas the other one, the woodpeckers one, feels so heavy, so comfortable. There's something. So I do think they're worth the money. Yeah. Yeah. So. But I'll have to save up to buy some more. So what, what's your favorite tool then? I think it 
for me, it depends a bit. Like like from time to time, I think they change the the, the yes. favorite tools. That depends a bit on on, on what I'm doing. Uh, I mean, the, the the shaper is definitely high up on the list because yeah. it's so it's so versatile. Yeah. Uh, for for the listeners who don't know what, what it is, it's like a handheld CNC router that uh, yeah lets you go as big as you want and also as, as small as you want like there there are no limits in, in size and what you can do but it's like you, you hold it in your hand while while uh, while routing and i've i've used it quite a lot lately in in my in my shop to do various projects and yeah i, I think that's that's very high up on on the list of my my favorite tools uh, especially at the moment doing yeah yeah doing joinery or or like uh, lately, I just did a couple of like trays. It's it's very simple to or easy to do uh, trays with it. Do you have Do you have the workstation as well? Yes. Yeah. I yeah. Otherwise, I think you need to build one if you if yeah. you don't if you don't get it because otherwise it's it's very cumbersome. I think to to use it without the workstation for for smaller pieces. Of course, if you wanna if you wanna cut like some sheet of, sheets of plywood, I think then yeah, then you don't need it. But uh, for smaller stuff and, and joinery, it's uh, it's I think a, a must have. Yeah, yeah. You're I, having I, one I, too, I, right, Steve? Yeah, I was I was I was torn looking for my favorite tool because I do love the shaper. It is such a versatile thing because you can you can do um, inlays and signs and all sorts of things, and then you can do actual joints, can't you? you? Do proper joinery. You can do you know your mortise and tenons and your box joints and dovetails and all sorts of things. So it's it's so versatile in the thing. I, I mean, I've only discovered about ten percent of the things you can do. I think really. Yeah, I think it's it's only getting frustrating if you if you start doing like multiple things. Like I started doing coasters with like yes. mountains and like some inlays that are like that should be snow or or like looking like snow. I did one. It took me fifteen minutes or even twenty minutes because it has, <laughs> has very fine details. So I, I was yeah. I was using a a zero point five millimeter bit for for the smallest details, yeah. and it's just it's impossible if you want to do ten. I mean, you spend like I don't know how many yes. how many hours on just doing the same thing. So if you yeah. if you start doing like mass production or even more than than one piece, then I think you need a CNC. Uh, yeah. And I think yeah. Pierre is the expert on expert on CNC machines here in, in in our group right well this is the this is the podcast of of jealous pierre i think because you both have the woodpecker uh ruler and and the shaper and i don't have neither so yeah i have uh, i have two cncs uh at the moment uh one is a small chinese one called the 3018 pro which is, would be good for doing coasters like you mentioned uh and i also have a new one that i recently did a review on that is going uh, up on youtube on sunday which is a 3d printed cnc Ooh. and and is the cnc your favorite tool or do you have a favorite tool yeah so i got this question about three weeks ago i was doing a telephone interview and i just said the table saw i didn't really have time to think about it so i th i thought about it after the interview and I think that the computer, if I can choose the computer as a as my favorite workshop tool, is the one. Mm -hmm. And that is because for almost all of my projects, I, I start at the computer with the design 
and uh, and also with fusion like uh, drawing drawing the 3d models and uh, yeah i think that's my favorite tool yeah yeah I, t- I tried fusion and i couldn't get away with it i couldn't make it do what i wanted it to do there's a bit of a learning curve for fusion but once you get get the hang of it it's uh, it's wonderful yeah. yes so what are you using steve I, I use pencil and paper. Yeah. <laughs> I just draw it out on a piece of paper. If I'm using the shaper and I want to draw a, a SVG, I use uh, Affinity. Mm. Um, and I use I use that on the iPad or the, or the PC and, and, and import it into the shaper hub. In that mm. But yeah, just good old paper. How do you guys feel about like all the digital like tools that we have now? especially maybe also like regarding to the to the shaper that we can we can cut perfect box joints every single time compared to actually cutting them by hand how is that is that cheating or is that just using the right tool for the job you, you, that was one of my questions you've ruined one of my questions <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i i was thinking about it when i was putting the questions together, I put, you know, is CNC uh, and shaper, is that woodworking or not? And um, I was sort of thinking um, back in the day when, you know, people only had hand tools and some guy said, I've invented a circular saw or a table saw to cut wood. Did the other people say, that's not woodworking, you've got to, you know, get all sweaty and use a saw. Um and when the guy invented a router, did people say, oh, that's not good. You need to use a, a, a plane or whatever to use that sort of thing. So I, th- I still think, you know, you're working with wood and you're creating something. So I still think, for me, it's it's woodworking. Because we're not, we're not mass producing things, are we? we, cook, we, we normally, we're just making one or two of something at a time. What's your thoughts? I, I totally agree. Um, still woodworking, just a different way of doing it. Yeah. Because if some if some if someone invented a, a new way of a new saw tomorrow, so we did have a table saw, but it was such a you know such a wonderful saw, loads of people would buy it, wouldn't they? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I saw I saw like I think that was only a study from from Festool, because Festool has bought uh, Shaper Origin yes. like a while back, and I saw that their their new track saw they had the same like screen that you can put like domino marker tape. And then you can you can cut straight lines instead of using an actual track to put the tracks oh, on. Right, okay. But I, I think that was only like a, a study or a prototype that they were building. Yeah. yeah. So I think it. I mean, I'm coming from a, like a very digital background. So I think for me, it's about saving time and not about like not doing proper woodworking anymore. So if I if I can cut like perfect box joints every single time. Why should they not do it that way, right? Yes. And saving a lot of time while doing it. Yeah, yeah. And it's still a load of fun to use. I think that's the thing for me. It's still a load of fun to use. Yeah. Uh, and, you, you learn and something when, different every time. When they started making like dovetails a uh, long, long time ago, it wasn't for the beauty of the box uh, necessarily, but to keep the box together, right? And yes. The, and yeah. the, and the, the dovetails weren't perfect uh they were just meant to keep it together yeah uh so so the making uh making dovetails with uh with hand tools is i think it's a new new thing as well mm. 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 yeah 
Okay, well, we've exhausted the uh, favourite tool situation. Yeah. So, the next question is uh, a fun one. <laughs> um, since we're all European, it's got to be asked, uh, Eurovision, yes or no? I would say no. <laughs> are, are you, as a Swede, allowed to say that? Yeah, you can't say no as a Swede, man. Oh, it's it's one of the worst shows of of, of TV. I just uh, I can't bear watching it. It's but I have a background in in music or somewhat in music at least, and my um, my grandfather also played music and my father did as well. And and my grandfather used to send uh, his music into the to the Eurovision or Melody Festivalen as it's called yes. in Sweden, and. Uh, well, they never picked him up because they only—it's—it's it's not an open competition, really. It's just someone choosing uh, music that's rubbish and uh, <laughs> <laughs> with no soul. Someone is writing it, and someone else is performing it. It's just there's no soul in that music for me, at least. Yeah. Okay. Well, I never thought I'd hear a Swede say that. Well, I'm 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 a very I'm a min- min- minority. Is that what it's yeah. called? <laughs> yeah, that's right. But for me, about, yeah, for me, it's also a no. Oh, <laughs> but oh, okay. uh, maybe that's more of my of me not being super musical, like or like not not really into or not having a music background and not like yeah. being yeah. or spending a lot of time like listening to music and then getting into music. Yeah. Maybe that's that's why it's a no for me. Yeah. Okay. Well. Um, uh, I mean, being from the UK, we've come last about the last 10 or 11 Eurovision Song Contests. <laughs> when I was a child, it was really big. In the 60s, it was really big because we used to win quite a lot and uh, everybody stopped to listen, to watch, sorry, to watch the Eurovision Song Contest. And then I sort of, it's, we sort of fell out of love with it in the sort of 80s. But my wife is obsessed with the Eurovision Song Contest, so I'm forced <laughs> to watch it. And uh, it is, I mean, for, for people uh, in America, or uh, the Eurovision Song Contest is like all the countries in Europe submit one song. And it is watched by something like 250 million people, one show. It is mm. a massive audience. Yeah. Um, but the, the, and it's outrageous, the costumes, the production. It's very, you know, it's, it, there's nothing else like it, is there? No. But yeah, I'm, for, I'm forced to watch it. <laughs> but I mean, the, the, vote, the votes are not really... Or like people are not voting by the the best song; they're more no, voting for their no. favorite countries, right? Uh, and you yeah, see yeah, a lot of like yeah. certain countries are only voting for for yeah a specific yeah. country. So it's it doesn't feel like it's a it's yeah. a super fair competition yeah. to me. Yeah, because it's a big thing in Sweden. People have big parties and everything, don't they, for the Eurovision? Yeah, they do. Yeah. But it's a bit it's a it's a weird contest to start with. You can it's a subjective thing you, that you're competing in. Um, and uh, there are no the best book competitions because it's yeah. so subjective. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really, really big in in Sweden. And please don't tell your wife all the things I said about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think she might listen to this podcast. Uh, oh no, we have to cut that part out. <laughs> She'll hate me. Yeah, yeah, because a sister lives in France and a mother lives in France, and and they the, they text each other. The, it's a whole big thing, you know. So, anyway, 
okay, well, we'll move on from the Eurovision. Bye bye. Eurovision. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> Before I say something even yeah. more stupid. It was quite nice because it was cancelled, wasn't it, last year because of the pandemic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's go back to uh, the, the making side of things. Um, which thing that you've made are you most proud of? That's I can, I can tell you mine while you think, if yeah. you want. So um, I was thinking, I thought long and hard about this, and I think the thing that I'm uh, most proud of is when I was about 14, I was always, I was useless at school. I hated school, uh, probably because I was, uh, looking back, I was dyslexic, so I couldn't really read very well or spell or write very well, so I hated school. The only subject, two subjects I was any good at was mathematics and woodwork. And uh, I made at home, we had a little outhouse and I made that into a workshop, I used a, an old door as a bench and made something. And I made my mum uh, an egg stand. So it was like a, a circle of wood with holes cut in to put your eggs on and a, a piece of dowel with another circle on so you could get 12 eggs on it. I made this egg stand and I, I was so pleased with this. And she used it for years. Um, so I think that was the thing I was most proud of, yeah. Pierre, do you want to go? <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say, what about you, Andy? <laughs> well, it's really hard. The, the one thing that comes to mind is a desk I made um, two years ago. And it was kind of the first project that I drew up in, in Fusion and had an idea for uh, for a desk. And uh, And the first project I also made with solid wood. I made it in, in birch. Yeah, and uh, because I have had designed it in Fusion, um, I knew I knew about all of the mistakes I would potentially make beforehand. So so I just followed the the, the plan I had, and it turned out the way I wanted it to. So I think that's one of the things, at least, that I'm most proud of. Good. Have you still got the desk? Yeah, I still got it. Still use it. Yeah. Cool. Okay, Andy, your turn, man. Uh, <laughs> maybe I'm only producing crap, but <laughs> no, I mean I'm like in general. I, I like the things that I'm making. Uh, I think otherwise yeah. it would be weird if I if I would think that they're super bad. But I'm not sure. I I I can name a specific thing that I'm like super proud of, especially like fine woodworking. And when we built like a, a small a small shed uh, some some years ago, like three years ago, together with my dad, yeah. like from scratch, uh, and I think that was that was an exciting piece or like an exciting thing to build since we we both we have never built like a house or like a bigger structure, yeah, and that 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 was very interesting and and very very exciting to do, uh, and it, yeah. It still stands, but we're not living in that house anymore. So, but uh, <laughs> I, I walked past it multiple times already. So I think it's yeah. it's uh, it has a purpose. Yeah. So I think that looking back, that this is maybe the the thing I'm most most proud of. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. It's nice to make something with your father. Yeah. 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 Cool. Okay. Um. Okay. Our next question. Um. You, you guys are both on YouTube. I'm not on YouTube, but you guys are both on YouTube. I, I've I've binge-watched all of Pierre's YouTube channel since uh, we, met, we met online. <laughs> cool. So uh, the question is, what's your favorite YouTube 
uh, channel creator? What's your favourite? You can have a, a maker one and a non-maker one. You're Mr. YouTube, Pierre. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I'd have to say in the maker community, I have to say I like to make stuff. Um, yes. Not because I follow it uh, every episode, but because it was one of those channels that got me thinking about starting my own channel and uh, i had been watching their videos for a couple of years mm. uh, and i enjoyed it very much so, and i still watch them uh almost every episode i guess yeah and um a non-maker channel well i i would have to say peter mckinnon yeah he's uh he's one of the people i watched to learn how to make videos and photoshopping and lightroom and all of that stuff and uh, even though he doesn't do many tutorials anymore i still follow him yeah every episode i watch yeah yeah i like peter yeah he's he's cool guy isn't he yeah what about you uh andy in the maker scene i think i would say uh bourbon moth oh yes okay yeah i mean he's jason something or other his name is isn't it yeah yeah he he's a funny guy uh and yeah, I, I like I like how the videos are made and also the the, the stuff he's doing. Uh, I yeah, I think I watched all all his videos and uh, yeah, every every week a new one. So I think that's yeah, yeah that's the one I, uh, I I like the most. Is he a woodwork woodworking only or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he did some like concrete stuff as well, but that's like mostly woodworking. Except when he's doing some alcohol videos as well. He's doing like yeah, he did perfect a, a, bourbon and like perfect bourbon, yeah. And, and yeah. what was it? The other one he did, uh, uh, perfect old fashioned on like how he's doing his twist on an old fashioned. So I, I have to say, I I like more his like woodworking videos than his alcohol videos. <laughs> <laughs> and what about a non maker? Yeah. Yeah, I I like Peter McKinnon as well. I watched him a lot, like back in the days when I was trying to do some filmmaking as well, which wasn't very successful. Uh, and I have I kind of stopped watching his videos, but uh, I'm I, I like flying and, and like planes and stuff. I I'm following like Mentor Pilot, I think is the channel called. It's a, it's a Swedish a Swedish pilot. He's doing like super super interesting videos about like technical things from planes. And lately he started doing like some crash investigation videos where he's going through like famous or like bigger crashes where he puts his uh, thoughts into the crash and like why things happen and how, how, how they maybe could have been avoided. So that's a, a very interesting channel that I'm yeah. following as well. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Th- I struggled with this one. Yeah. I struggled because th- there's so many good ones, isn't there? And uh, so I thought in the maker, department i like uh four eyes furniture yeah chris salamone yeah i think i i think i like it because the mid the videos are made in a certain way i like his style of video and um the stuff he makes i, I like the the mid modern century stuff that's really good i like that sort of thing so i quite like that um and i've sort of uh it, it does inspire you to, to try and make things better i think for, for me anyway that's what, what i quite like and in the non-maker department um yeah, I like Peter McKinnon. I've followed him for a long time. Um, but I think uh, my favourite non-maker is uh, Matt Diavella. Have you heard of Matt Diavella? He, um, he's a filmmaker, uh, but he's also his channel's about minimalism and improving yourself and uh, that sort of thing. But he does tutorials on uh, making movies, 
microphones, all that sort of stuff. But he's a, he's a cool guy. I like him. Yeah, he's very nice. So. Yeah, I, I, I think I've seen some of his videos. Yeah, he, he made a movie for Netflix about minimalism. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, and he made a follow-up one. And so, he, yeah, he's, he's a cool guy. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, I like him a lot. Okay, so um, moving on from uh, YouTube, back to your workshop. When you're busy working away, I know you've got speakers in your workshop, uh, Pierre. I've seen them. I've seen your videos with your speakers there. <laughs> What are you listening to in the workshop? I, I can I go. Do have, yeah, you go. You go. Uh, it depends. Either either some woodworking podcasts, uh, like Shop mm-hmm. Sounds, for example, that I'm like listening every episode. Or lately I started listening to uh, TV shows a lot while I'm just listening and, and, and not watching. So I have it. Uh, oh, I have okay. my phone playing the, the show, but have, having the phone in my pocket and just listening to, to shows, it's... I mean, shows I've seen actually already. So like, like, like <laughs> hearing it a second time because uh, I think it would be hard if you just listen to a show that you've never seen before. Never seen, uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's maybe a bit of a weird thing doing it, but uh, yeah, I, I start I started doing that uh, a while back as well. It's definitely weird just listening to a TV show, <laughs> yeah. especially one you've already watched. <laughs> but you, actually, you 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 hear some things that you have missed before or like it's it's another yeah, type of yeah. like dimension or like getting rid of one dimension or like getting rid of the, <laughs> yeah. of yeah, the so, picture yeah, but the, just... focusing only on the on the on the voices yeah okay well i'll give it a try <laughs> what about you pierre uh, well as you said i have speakers in the workshop and i i tend not to use them because <laughs> because I'm almost always recording something and for yes. copyright reasons I so whenever I start music I have to turn it off all the time because yeah. I'm recording. Yeah. But if I'm just there not recording I really love listening to Bon Iver. Um he's an artist, a music artist, yeah. Uh yeah, I just love all of his music. It's uh, yeah. so good. So that's What sort of what sort of music does he play? Well, it's kind of a merge between pop and uh, yeah, it's 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 a bit weird music, I guess. But he's a singer songwriter, okay, <laughs> basically. Okay. Ah, so you got we got one guy listening. You crazy Swedish people. We got one guy listening to TV shows, and the other guys listening to the music. That's a bit weird. So. <laughs> <laughs> and and what is the yeah. English guy listening? So the English guy, um, yeah, I listen to various podcasts, uh, but. Sometimes, um, if you if you're busy working on something, you're concentrating on that. I'm not concentrating on what they're saying, and I often have to go back and listen to a bit again. So, but lately, for some, again, this is weird, but I've been listening to Japanese music. It's '80s Japanese funk and soul music, and it's all in Japanese, and it's so cool. And I find myself singing along, but I don't know Japanese. I don't even sing the right <laughs> words, but I make noises. <laughs> So I guess now it makes sense that we're doing a podcast together. I mean, yes. <laughs> that sounds yeah, all it, a bit it, weird. Yeah, it, I listened to this podcast. Uh, it's called Wasabi. And he is an English guy in Korea, South Korea. And he, he does this music podcast. And he played one of the songs on there. And I thought, that's so good. And so I searched for it on Spotify. And I found a playlist of these songs. And I, I play it all the time. <laughs> So, 
getting a bit worrying, really. And that's I've fallen down a, a rabbit hole of other Japanese 80s funk and soul music. So, yeah. So, there we go. You need to try it out sometime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, carrying on in the workshop, um, what's, what's the one thing that you'd really like to make that you've never made? So, um, for me, uh, I, I'd really love to make a chair. Because I think that would, you know, stretch me in all sorts of different ways to try and make a chair. One that's sturdy that you can sit on, you know, like a dining chair or whatever. So I think there's, there's so many elements in that. And it's something I'm, you know, striving towards making as a chair. Really. So that's, that's, that, that's mine. It's one of the hardest things, isn't it? Yeah, I would think so. Right. But, you know. Challenge, it's good. It's a challenge, yeah, it's good, yeah. And, uh, you know, you've got to think about all the different joints and how things meet each other and various angles and things. And it's got to be comfortable, hasn't it? And it hasn't got to fall apart when you sit on it. <laughs> no. <laughs> but do you want to do you want to design it yourself or you you want to, like, build one with existing plants that someone knows that it's comfortable and it, it, it's stable? And yeah. It? Uh, no, I'd make it myself, yeah, from my, from my own mind, yeah, on my own pencil and paper and little drawings, yeah. I'd make one, yeah. Cool. Yeah, so that's mine. Anything from you guys? Yeah, for me, it's like in general building a bit larger furniture. Uh, I mean, yeah. uh, I, I was planning, or I drew up a, a wardrobe in Fusion a while back. Like, not, not a full scale wardrobe, but one that fits below our stairs that I uh, started actually milling down some wood till I realized that they gave me the wrong oak. I, uh, oh. <laughs> I ordered American white oak. Uh, and I, I was at home, uh, I was having it on the jointer, uh, ran it through the, the planer, and at the end it looked like uh, a bit dark. And I, was, well, uh, I thought, yeah, maybe it's just a different, uh, it was a different tree that was a bit off maybe. Uh, so I put it next to some American white oak that I had already milled, and it was quite a difference in in okay. yeah in the, in the in the darkness of the wood. And then I realized that they gave me European oak instead of uh, instead of oh, white oak, so I had to postpone that project and and uh, yeah get some new one which is in the basement now and I yeah I should start at one point building that wood <laughs> and that's yeah. yeah that's something I want to do a bit more like a bit uh, bigger furniture and not just like coasters or, uh, or or some small wooden bowls something a bit more substantial yeah. and uh, that that can sit in the house and. Well, for for me, it's uh, it's uh, also a chair actually. <laughs> <laughs> so about a, I think it was a year ago, I did a like a summer vlog video, and 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 I think I said in that video that oh, I'm going to make a chair as well, and and I later learned that it seems really hard to make a chair, so I postponed that project. I yeah. also told I ordered wood. Uh, birch to make the chair and i told the guy delivering the wood and he said what are you making i, I was like oh i'm making a chair and i saw on his face that he was like oh okay you make a chair <laughs> uh, but i was so scared to start that project so i kind of used up all all of that wood for other projects now <laughs> uh, but i still have a i still have a chair on the list and i i have the design ready yeah is it, a, is it a dining chair or a lounge chair? or? Yeah, I'd say a very simple, minimalistic chair um, that could be used anywhere, really. OK. 
Okay. But that's very exciting. So we have two chairs. I'm very curious. Two chairs. To, to you need see, to make a chair, to Andy. We need a, a chair competition. Maybe, yeah. It sounds like. <laughs> have a chair off. Yeah, that's what we need. Yeah, yeah good. Yeah, because it, 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 as you say, I think it's one of the hardest things to make as a chair. Mm. Yeah, you've got to get the proportions right and then, you know, the strength and everything. So, yeah. Okay, well, I look forward to seeing your chairs. Yeah, yeah. you too. <laughs> okay so um moving away from the workshop a bit more personal um what's your favorite meal i think in general i would say italian food like uh yeah. I, I love pasta pizza yeah. like like all yeah. these kind of things but uh yeah. of course also swedish meatballs uh, with, uh mashed potatoes <laughs> so i yeah. yeah again also here with like favorite food or favorite uh project i'm not sure i have a as like a favorite one that I that I need, for example, on my birthday or whenever. So it's more yeah, like yeah, more the style of different uh, yeah dishes that I yeah. that I love. Yeah, and are you making this food yourself or what? Yeah, uh, both you like my wife and me, we we love cooking uh, all yeah. all type of different foods. So that's uh, yeah, yeah uh, another another passion I would say besides besides woodworking. Yeah, yeah. How about you guys? Um, well, I recently got this uh, portable pizza oven uh, that is uh, powered by gas. And uh, so I would have to say pizza because we've been using that pizza oven, uh, well, many times. And I'm still not tired of making pizza because you can you can make white pizzas uh, or red pizzas. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think... I think pizza, if I had to eat something for the rest of my life, pizza would be high up on the, <laughs> that list. <laughs> but speaking of that oven, how, how, how is that oven? Because it pops up on Instagram everywhere. Like I get ads, I see people having that specific oven. <laughs> yeah, so, so uh, it's called Uni, at least the one yeah. I have. Uh, it's just a little metal box, really, with a pizza stone and... Um, it's uh, powered by gas, so it's a gas burner in the back of the oven. So you have to put the pizza in, and uh, after about 30 seconds, you have to rotate it because it's super hot, and the pizza is done within one or two minutes. Uh, so it's, uh, I think it's popping up because it's, uh, it's, it's not that expensive, and it's portable, so you can just fold up the legs and bring it wherever you want to go. Yeah. So that was one of the reasons I got it to bring it here to the summer house and make pizzas to everyone. Cool. Okay. Is there also is there not also like a, a wood version of it as well, or like a wood fired version? Yeah, yeah. Put all your scraps in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all the plywood with the glue in it, maybe. <laughs> Bit of MDF, get that in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and are you making the dough yourself, Pierre? Uh, yeah, I am. Yeah, good man, good man. Yeah, I th- see. When I when I read this question out, the first thing that popped into my mind was Italian food. It was like pasta and pizza, and uh, I do love them. But uh, I do love a nice Indian meal, a good curry, or a Chinese. But um, I think I, I, being English, I do like a good old fish and chips from the fish and chip shop. I just <laughs> wanted to ask you that. Like for me, yeah, you can you know fish and chips. <laughs> Fish and chips, you can, yeah, we got, and we're, and we're lucky. In the in the nearest, I live in a small village with no shops, but uh, three miles away is a little town, and uh, they've got a really nice fish and chip shop. Yes, 
Cool. I like to go there and have my fish and chips. Uh, how how often do you eat fish and chips? Oh, maybe he's, I would say if I say once a month, that's probably too much. Uh, maybe once every two months, because you're so full after you've eaten them. You know, even if you just buy a small portion, there's there's, there's huge amount of chips and fish. Mm. Uh, nice piece of battered cod. Yeah, I've had them in different countries and they never taste as good as the English ones. So. Back to sort of creating things. Um, is there a particular person that inspired you to become a maker or a woodworker or whatever? I mean, I've, I've always been doing stuff with my dad when I was, when I was smaller. Like uh, in, I mean, we haven't really had a, a, a wood shop, but more like a, like a basement with a lot of different tools like like it, like around the house, like like uh, putting putting like floors in or or, or, or fixing something like that. I, I always liked doing that, and then uh, I kind of kept that uh, through through the years when I, when I was growing up, and then now getting a house, having the chance to build my own workshop, I I just bought a scroll saw because I wanted to do stuff. Oh right, okay. And, yeah. and then I I went just on 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 YouTube. Uh, to to get some inspiration on on, on some scroll saw uh, projects, and then I don't remember what what specific channels, but then like the the favorites came up or like suggestions of like oh yeah watch that guy, and then like from from that scroll saw it it grew into so many different tools and uh, into into something completely different than the scroll saw. So now I have barely used the scroll saw anymore <laughs> because because now I'm building different things but i think that's yeah. a bit how how it came so i'm yeah. not sure if i yeah if i can say that my dad was the inspiration for yeah. it or, or if youtube was the inspiration of like actually <laughs> doing more more proper stuff um well i think i would have to say whoops my father as well um he was always making things when i was uh, when i was a kid and he was always making things that were impractical like <laughs> stuff for the garden he i remember he made some like a bamboo pipe which uh ran water through a stone okay. and he was like you you can wash your hands here and i was like i can wash my hands inside of the house why don't you make a table <laughs> or something that we can use <laughs> As, but he had this curious side of him and he was always uh, interested for new things and i think i got that from him and uh, uh, so I guess he was my inspiration for uh, starting to make stuff and also the, um, the revolt against him in making things that have practical use instead yeah. of just things that are pretty to look at. <laughs> cool. Um, like I mentioned before, uh, I, I didn't like school. I, it was, wasn't my thing at all, but... Um, the only only thing I liked was as a game was woodwork, and so I think uh, Mr. Hewitt was my woodworking teacher until uh, so I'm, I'm I'm talking the '70s, so like you know 1971 to '76. I was at, at secondary school, and uh, he sort of inspired me. He, he 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 took me under his wing a little bit. He he could see I was interested, whereas most kids were just trying to like stab each other with a chisel or you know uh, things like. That. I was actually interested in making something. <laughs> So I think he he inspired me an awful lot as a, as a youngster, and then um, years later, I remember we got um, cable. We didn't have cable TV in the UK, and then we got table TV, 
and the channels were pretty rubbish on the cable TV. But uh, the new Yankee Workshop was on there with Norm Abraham, and that really sort of inspired me to again to like kick on and try and make some things, you know. And I bought a couple of his books and uh, made a few pieces that he he made, not as good as him, obviously, but you know, it got me back into the sort of making things. So I think those two sort of inspired me really. Have you seen Norm? Do you know Norm? I've heard his name, but I haven't. I I don't think I've seen him. Yeah, if you look on, I think on YouTube there's a few of his old shows, and uh, yeah, it was obviously made in the sort of seventies, uh, eighties. But it's it's great, great stuff he makes. Yeah, yeah, so cool. That was good. I'll check it out. Yeah, check it out. Okay. Again, since you're Swedish and you're Swiss, the question that's got to be asked is. What's your thoughts on snow? Well, I live in a part of Sweden where we usually have some snow in the winter, but um, it thaws. Is it that the name? Yes, that's it. Yeah, the word uh, kind of instantly. So we always have this uh, just uh, wet snow everywhere, and that's uh, that's not something I like or enjoy really. But mm. when when we have uh, real snow, I love it uh, when it's just lying on the ground and the um, the winter or the darkness becomes so much brighter. Um, so that part I enjoy, and I also enjoy going skiing on snow, of course. Yeah, I was going to say, do you ski? Yeah, yeah, both downhill and and I actually did the Vasaloppet, which is a ninety kilometer race uh twice i've done it and i'll never do it again but (laughs) (laughs) and is that downhill no that's no that's not downhill is that like cross-country skiing yeah that's cross-country skiing yeah yeah okay super tough yeah it's uh well it's really long and the first time i did it i remember calling my wife afterwards uh, crying <laughs> just saying i don't know where to go from here <laughs> i don't even know where my stuff is i'm just <laughs> i'm just tired why why did he do it in the first place uh i it was me and my brother who were discussing it i think and we both were interested in trying it and we had just about no experience in cross country skiing at that time and uh, we decided to make it, and and he he didn't make it. He just um, went for about twenty kilometers, and then they they close the the race for some people who are too slow. So it was kind of a win to me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we had to go a second time because he had to make it. And you must be used to skiing down mountains, uh, Andy. Yeah, uh, I mean. To, to answer your question, I, I love snow and maybe that's also the reason why I'm, why I moved to Sweden to to have a bit more proper winter or that's what I thought maybe at least. <laughs> no, but uh, it's like the, the last six years before I moved to Sweden, I was living in the Alps in a, in a ski okay. resort actually in Switzerland uh, because I love I love snow, I love the cold uh, and of course also skiing uh, downhill and cross country and uh yeah, I mean here, uh, as as Pierre said a bit, I mean the the snow gets slushy quite quite fast, which is which is a bit, uh, which I don't like, of course. But if there's yeah. proper winter with a lot of snow, then then that's a super amazing thing uh, for me. Yeah, yeah. 
And I, I suppose Sweden is geared up for snow, isn't it? You've got, you know, because it, the, the roads are kept clear and that sort of thing. I mean, it's a, or at least here in Stockholm, it's like whenever there is the first big snow of the year, like nothing is working anymore. Like the trains okay. are not are not are not properly functioning, and uh, yeah, there there's like chaos on on the roads. I mean, compared to what I heard from the UK, at least we know what winter tires are. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, is, it, uh, is it law that you've got to have winter tires? Yeah. What about your thoughts on snow? I I love the snow. We don't get enough snow, in my opinion. But uh, when it uh, when it does snow, but particularly in, in this small village we live in, it it looks fantastic when it's covered in snow. Mm. Um, but it doesn't snow as much as I, as a child. I always remember Christmas being f- always snowy, whereas it's it's very. We, I don't remember the last white Christmas we had. Um, but the trouble in England is, or the UK, is you get one centimeter of snow, and everyone says, "Oh, I can't go out and drive. It's so dangerous." And uh, <laughs> the buses stop running, and you know, this power. It, it, it we're useless at dealing with snow. So, so that's my. That's the only downside to the snow. And I don't like it when it's all... I like it nice and white and crisp, don't you? But when it's all slushy and starting to melt, it's a it's a pain in the neck, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I can't ski. I've never been skiing in my life. Okay. Maybe maybe the, <laughs> the, the, the Vasa Lopad would be something for you then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, no skiing for me. But there we go. Okay. Um, back to the workshop. Uh, is there a particular technique you'd like to learn? I mean, I would say I'm 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 constantly learning since I started yes. doing a bit more more proper. Like, yeah, I would say I started a, a year ago when I built my 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 workshop in the basement, yeah. and I learned so many different like techniques and things. Uh, but then on the other hand, it's also like when we have a shaper and some more digital tools, like you don't really need the the proper hand skills or like the prop like proper chisel techniques and, and stuff like that. So I don't know if if that is something that I should I should know yeah. or if I should just like rely on on the digital tools that that help me yeah. Yeah. in my in my daily work. Okay. But at least like like sharpening a chisel or like sharpening sharpening a plane, I think that's also something that I need to get better and also do it more often because mine are always dull. <laughs> yeah snap <laughs> um yeah i i uh, i was gonna say the same things really um i'm about two years into woodworking but then again i do other stuff as well uh so i haven't done much woodworking and it's kind of embarrassing but i i've basically never used a hand plane well i have sometimes but i i never learned how to use it properly. Yeah. So learning the basics is uh, is something that I need to do, I, I think. Yeah. Because as you said, I can use the CNC to plane down <laughs> plane down a bit of board. But <laughs> I want to learn how to use the the basic tools, the hand tools especially. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the hand tools is, is the is the thing I'd like to get better at. Mm. I've never I've never cut a hand dovetail. So, you know, I think that's something I'd like to try at least and try and get better at doing. I know you can do them other ways, but it would be nice to look at one that you've made by hand. Yeah. But it looks, it looks so hard. <laughs> it looks so difficult. Yeah. But I think that's one thing I could try, I, you know, 
maybe he's, um, where are we now? July. Maybe he's next year. I shall make some uncut dovetails. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Yeah. Do that. Okay. I'll do that. Yeah. And you can Challenge. have some nice sharp chisels and Pierre can be planing down boards to matchsticks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I oh. have, I have, I bought some like, like scary sharp has a sharpening system, which is very, oh, right. very cheap. Like I mean, it's, it's, I think, yeah, it's cheap compared to other like, like diamond stones and stuff like that. And you get it scary sharp. It, it's just, for me, it's always like the time that I have to spend in my workshop, which is maybe a, around an hour or a bit more uh, in, in a day. I, I, I prefer to not spend it on sharpening tools. I, I prefer yeah. to like actually doing something. And then I always yes, like yeah. procrastinate sharpening the tools. So I end up with dull chisels, with, which is a pain to use them afterwards. So. Yeah. They might as well be a screwdriver. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Um, carrying on in the workshop then, I think I know the answer to this question, but uh, metric or imperial measurements? Metric for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's what we are used since since we were small to have a metric yeah. system. And yeah. I think it's yeah. that's more, I mean, I've, for me, it's a pain when, when, when watching YouTube videos or having a lot of content from the US, which is imperial, to then always translate that into into metric uh, numbers. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of yeah. it's kind of okay if it's like a full number, like what one one inch. Uh, that's not a problem. Yes. But if it's like twenty second of a of a oh, yeah, all the all the yeah. fractions, sixty fourth. Yeah, <laughs> then 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 it's gonna be painful to do that in yeah. your head. We just lost all the US listeners, didn't we? Yeah, they've just now they've all just now turned off. Yes, you yeah. can blame Andy for that. Yeah, <laughs> I um, haven't said it's bad. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> is there any any situation where you would use inches? Well, when I'm building with my father-in-law, um, he's uh, yeah, he uses inches sometimes when uh, when we uh, we've been uh, cutting down some trees, and I went with him to this big saw mill place. And uh, they were speaking in inches. Okay. Yeah. And also, when we buy a TV, it's it's in inches. Yes. Uh, yeah. True. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's about it. Yeah. Okay. Do Do your tape measures actually have just metric millimeters and centimeters on them, or do they have inches as well? It depends on the on the measures. I mean, I I have one that has both on it, or. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, yeah, I mean there are there are definitely combined ones, but I, I yes. No, actually, mine is reversible on on uh, on metric, so there is no imperial on it. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I have uh, in the UK. We we are sort of um, it's weird, really, because we do we do both. We do uh, metric and imperial. It depends what you what you're doing. You so um, I have a tape measure that I use. They use all the time, which is just metric. There's no inches on it, but I do have other tape measure with inches on it because sometimes, you know, if you go to buy timber, they always say, oh, these boards are two and a half meters long. And you say, how wide do they go? Are they six inches? (laughs) 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 Or they say, oh, it's an inch and a quarter thick. Uh, Well, you know, but it's two and a half meters long, yeah. Um, And and if you buy, um, so you've both got routers. Have you got a router? Yep. Mm-hmm. And you work up, yeah. And what size collet do you have on your router? 
Eight millimeter. Eight millimeter. Eight and six, I think. Mm. Yeah. It's, so is eight the big, big, which is the biggest one? Eight. I mean, there are bigger routers where you can, I think, put in even larger ones. So you're like 12. Yeah. 12, yeah. So, yeah. So in this country, if you go to buy a router, they say, do you want a quarter inch or a half inch? Shank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yet, you know. Everything, other things are all in, in metric, so it's it's total mixture. It's I think on the shaper it's very interesting because the standard collet is an eight millimeter collet, right? But if eight you want to go if you want to go on smaller ones, there is nothing smaller than a six millimeter collet. So then it's a then it's a quarter inch one that you put into the shaper if yes. you want to go even yeah. smaller. So I think there yeah. is no metric collet that is smaller no. than yeah. Than six I millimeter. had to buy I had to buy a quarter inch collet for my shaper. Yeah. Because Same, all yeah. my router bits are a quarter inch or half inch, so I had to buy a quarter inch one. Yeah, again, it's weird, isn't it? And if we if we go to the pub, we buy a pint of beer, or a pint of lager, or a half pint. And it, but if you say, "Can I have a glass of wine?" They'll say, "Would you like one seven five mil or two two five mil?" So you know, you can't win. So, but then then you're in the perfect situation, Steve. If you if you watch some. YouTube channels or whatever shows that are in in periods, yes. you can very easily yes. translate that into millimeters. Just you, in your you head, can, right? yeah. But it, yeah, it's like you said though. You know, if, if they say oh, it's uh, ten inch, ten and a half inches long, it, it ends up being a stupid number in millimeters, doesn't it? Mm. Uh, yeah. I mean, I yeah. I, how do you? Because I started doing it, or I did a plan for for the the spline shape, right? Uh, did it? Oh, yes. You, you saw it, Steve. Uh, and then I was thinking like. Should I do that in millimeters or should I do that in two versions or should I just have both numbers on the same or how do you translate it yeah. because it ends up on a very weird like weird. size when you translate it into imperial. Yeah, I, so I kept it on millimeters for now. <laughs> <laughs> Good man, keep the millimeters. Okay. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's an interesting thing. So next question, beer or wine? For me, beer. Yeah, you, are you still drinking? You, you made some beer, didn't you, Pierre? Yeah, it's. I'm running low. I need <laughs> some more. Have you got some more brewing as we speak? No, I don't. Uh, but um, once the holiday is over, I'll start making some more again. Yeah, yeah. Is it is it economical to brew your own beer, or how much does oh. a bottle of beer cost when you do it yourself? Well. I'm not sure. It was about 11 Swedish kroner for the IPA I made. Okay. And that's that's quite uh, expensive, but it's cheaper than what you buy in Sweden. Um, but now I have all the bottles and, uh, and all the gear to make more beer, so I guess it'll be even cheaper. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Have you have you made your own, Andy? Ever made your own beer? No, I haven't. I mean, I was always tempted with all those. Like now, there are a lot of kits that you can just buy and, yes. and do it yourself. Yeah. But then I was like, yeah. yeah, I have never done it. I I prefer going to the store and have a huge variety <laughs> that I can that I can choose from. What about you, Steve? Have you made your own? Yeah, I've, uh, yeah. I went through a phase when, um, well, I must have been in my twenties. I think twenty. 25 26 i think we had i had a little baby at the time and we didn't have an awful lot of money so i i made my own beer i made some brown ale because mm. uh, newcastle brown ale is a famous drink in the uk and i made some brown ale from a kit and it was absolutely gorgeous 
And so I made a few, but it, they were never as good as the first one. <laughs> 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 but yeah, we had a phase of making. The trouble is, you would make like um, 40 pints of beer, and then you just drink 40 pints of beer in, you know, no time at all. <laughs> yeah. So the, how long? it's too easy just to, to pour yourself a pint. <laughs> how long do they last if you do, do them yourself? Oh, it lasts, it lasts a while because you, you need mean, a bot, you bottle it. Like, do they go bad when they're bottled or are they like normal uh, beers that you buy in the store that you can keep them? Uh, like normal normal beer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they do last. They, they, they don't last because you drink it so fast. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a beer man. I like beer. Yeah. Yeah, same here. I go Back to, to your pub. question. Yeah, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a beer person as well. Uh, yeah. But I, I like some wine as well from, from time to time. Yes. If I would yes. have to choose them, then beer. Yeah. Beer. How much do you pay for a, a pint of beer in in uh, England? Uh, I went to the pub last night and I bought a pint of beer. It cost me four pounds. Mm-hmm. I don't know what there is in Swedish krona, but four pounds. That would be around 50 or 50 Swedish krona, I guess. Because beer is expensive in Sweden, isn't it? In in a restaurant or in a bar, yes. But I think if, or yeah. at least I feel when you buy it in, in the alcohol store then it's then it's not super overly expensive or am i wrong pierre no it's um so in sweden we have a monopoly on alcohol so there's only one store selling alcohol yeah um and uh, buying it there is uh it's a fair price it's about well you can get beer like a 30 centiliter beer for about 10 kroner that's that would be the cheapest one and that would be uh, like one pound. Okay, then back to the questions. Um, I might know this answer, but anyway, uh, city or country? For me, when I moved to when I moved to Sweden, uh, I moved to Stockholm, and that was the first time I was actually living in a for me in a big city, uh, even if Stockholm yeah. is not like super big. And I mean, I liked it. It's 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 convenient, but it's not like I didn't feel like that's where. Where I belong, so now we moved a bit uh, like south of Stockholm. I mean, it's still in in the same county, and it's still close, like by car, twenty five minutes. But it's like you, you feel it's on the countryside. So that's that's how I grew up, where I always lived, and how I feel is where where I where I belong to, uh, and not yeah, not the into the to the inner city. I think then it's also harder doing woodworking in a, in an apartment. <laughs> you need a big balcony. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> How about you, Pierre? Well, I love the countryside. I, uh, I, uh, I went. I've been to London a couple of times, yeah. and I always get the same feeling that I want to, I want to stop all the people that that are running back and forth, and just let them know that you know there are quiet places <laughs> where you yeah. can live, and you don't have to be running around like this, yeah. and with all the noises and the. There's always someone like drilling down the pavement with the with a machine or something loud uh, in the background, and um, well, it kind of stresses me out a bit. Uh, so that's why I prefer the countryside more yeah. than the city. But it's nice to go visit the big cities sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was always um, I was brought up in a town, a big town, and there was always hustle and bustle, and as you say, lots of noise. And I quite liked all that. And you go to the town, lots of shops there and everything was there that you needed. And um, 
I think we've lived here now uh, five, six years, and uh, we we ended up in this village by accident, and so we're we're out of the town now. And we we actually live in a, in a national park, North Yorkshire Moors National Park, and so now it's a little village with only about two hundred people. There's no shops. There's nothing. There's loads. Of, there's hundreds or thousands of sheep surrounding me at the minute, and um, and I I love it. I I, I thought, well, how will I manage with no shop nearby? I can't just nip out and get some extra milk or bread or whatever. And so um, sometimes you think you've got something for your dinner, but when you go to the fridge or whatever, it's not there, and so you, you end up eating all sorts of weird, wonderful meals that you cobble together of what you've got <laughs> rather than go to the shops. <laughs> so I I really love the countryside now whereas i didn't really think i would like that but it's it's totally changed my views of it really yeah um apart from the sheep always ble- bleating and make, waking me up at you know four or five o'clock in the morning because they, they can't find the mother these lambs yeah <laughs> so yeah okay so uh our last question then last question what other hobbies have, have you got? What are, what are, apart from making things, what other hobbies are in your life? Well, if if I'm going to answer this, we'll we'll have to record for another hour, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I am I'm constantly finding new hobbies, and I uh, I I try them out, and I fo- usually fall in love with them, and uh, think about. The, th- the thing I'm making at that point, I think uh, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. I'm, I'm going to become a chess player. I love this. <laughs> it's the best game ever. And then, then I do it for about two months. And then I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to play more chess now. And then I find something new that, that interests me. But um, I always go back to all of these interests. So I play the guitar. I play chess. Um yeah, I I I like baking bread. Yeah. So those are three. <laughs> okay, well, that, that three three's good. Huh? You should you should have recorded you should have recorded the music for our introduction. Yeah. <laughs> Get the guitar out. Yeah. I'm I'm so happy that you said this, so that I'm not the only one who is doing this because like all my friends are making fun of me because that's like. I tell them, look, look what I started, like super cool. As you said, like, oh, chess is so good. Uh, come, come play with me. Like, they're like this good website. Let's let's play together. And then after two months, it's like, why are you not playing anymore? It's like, yeah, I I, I found something new that I want to do. So I'm yeah. I'm exactly the same. And I always hear it from the others that I should that I should focus on something. And like continue doing it, and not just like trying out new things all the time. But I think that's that's how I am. That I like to not not getting stuck on one thing, but uh, yeah, doing doing new things to see if if there's something better than than what I what I'm doing right now. So yeah. I, yeah. I I played extensively chess before I started woodworking for almost a year, like every day, uh, like crazy. <laughs> uh, and then, and then the woodworking came and then I was like, yeah, there was no time for, for playing chess anymore. So I, I focused on, on woodworking. And I think that's something that seems to stay for longer, uh, at least how it looks right now. <laughs> but as I okay. said before, I also like, uh, like cooking, uh, and yeah, exploring new things. 
besides of yeah. course like the family and the kids that also uh, need a lot of time because you were big into photography weren't you yeah. oh yes <laughs> as you can see in in, in the background yeah. here i uh, yeah i i love taking pictures as well uh, or always did uh, for my whole life oh. my mom was a photographer uh, and uh, that yeah i mean that that's still around that passion it's just like that the time is not really around to yeah to go taking yeah. pictures all the time yeah okay yeah um I'm, I'm, I'm again i'm similar to you guys i've tried loads of different things uh, and you do them for a while and it's, it is the best thing that's, you know, I, I did archery for a couple of years and wow. I, I got, I got re- quite good at it. And, uh, I thought, oh, this is, this is the, the new me. I love archery, you know, and I b- bought my own bow and arrows and, uh, did that for, for a while. And then, you know, then I thought, oh, maybe I need to get a bit fitter. So I, I started cycling and I was cycling all over the place, you know, every, as soon as every moment I could get, I was out cycling, but I haven't been on my bike for about a year now. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think uh, at the minute, I think um, I like going. For, I like walking. I go for lots of walks. There's lots of nice places to walk where we live, over fields and hills and stuff like that. So I, I do lots of walking. And uh, gardening is the other big thing. So I grow some vegetables, not an awful lot of vegetables, but I grow, you know, potatoes and tomatoes and uh, cucumbers, uh, carrots, peas, beans, that sort of thing. So that, that sort of uh, keeps me going. But yeah, so interesting that we all. Maybe that's what, why we're all, you know, interested in lots of learning lots of different skills because we like to do something different all the time. Yeah, yeah I think you, so. there are there are downsides to it. You know, you I will never get that super good at playing the guitar. I, yeah. I see people who are committed to playing just the guitar. That's all they ever do, and they are so good. And I want to be as good as they are, but I will never be because uh, I I I will probably be playing the piano or learning karate or <laughs> bird watching or something else. Cool. I look forward to your karate guitar playing. There's <laughs> <laughs> a whole Stay new YouTube channel there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's that's all my questions. So I've learned a lot about you guys over the last hour and uh, hopefully our listeners have learned something about all three of us. Um, and our strangeness for things that was good fun yeah I mean it was, was really fun yeah it was super fun yeah. answering your, your questions Steve yeah it's a good, good uh, a good getting to know you first episode well that's all for this week hope you enjoyed it because we had a fun time making it please leave us a review like us and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on if you want to get in touch with the show, you can email us at 3northernmakers at gmail.com. You can send in your questions and comments. We'd love to hear from you. So once again, a big thank you. Cheers. <laughs>